Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you, friends? Welcome to the show. I'm laughing to myself because I'm asking how you are when you can clearly hear how I am. I've been struck down by the Rona, I believe. I had a test Three days ago, I'm still waiting on the results. That's why there's been no production and new shows out. So this week, I've gone back into the archives. I get a lot of DMs saying, why don't you do this player? Why don't you do that player uh, during Lions Lounge lockdown? Of course, I did lots of those players pre-lockdown back in the days when we was allowed to roam the streets freely. So what I've done, I've compacted them into episodes of around an hour Long. Some of it's not great, I'll be honest. It was in the early days of when I didn't really know what I was doing, but it's always good to look back and see progression. So first up is Alex Ray. This was filmed on the channel's one-year anniversary at the den in the home dugout. Dreams do come true. Second up is Tony Cascarino, which was filmed around two weeks into Lions TV, so way back in 2016, in a building next to the Shard. Third up is... Neil Razor Ruddock, again, very early on in the birth of Lions TV. This has actually had over 100,000 views across all three parts, so I've compacted that into one. That was filmed down in uh, Ashford in Kent. And fourth is Ian Dawes. The audio will be absolutely fine on this as it was recorded on the third year of the channel's anniversary uh, at the Den before one of the games. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy them. Um, I hope you have a good new year, whatever you're doing. Let's hope for a better 2021. There'll be more of these out this week. Please subscribe to Lions TV. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to a very special Lions Lounge. It's the channel's one year anniversary. I'm at the Den with my all time favourite hero. Good to have yeah. you here. No, it's good to be here, mate. It's good. It's always good to come back to the Den. You always get a nice welcome. Full Kirk to Millwall. Yeah, yeah. Why Millwall? Was there other interest? No, to be honest with you, there was a couple of. Uh, Millwall wanted me to re sign, and um, I think it was Jimmy Nichol who came down. When I was leaving in Millwall, he offered us an extra 50 quid a week, so I told him <laughs> where to go with that, so that never materialised. But um, I always wanted to have a go down in England, and I think when you think there's 92 teams to pick, I think I probably got the right one to start me off, because um, the way I was in living my life, and the, the Millwall kind of 
yeah, following, it was just ideal for me. Yeah. So you came in, Bruce Rioch signed you. Yeah. That was he, didn't last long here, but he I've made, got made a good move with like, you. In all honesty, I actually really, really like Bruce. Um, the thing about Bruce was he was a disciplinarian, um, and they had a few kind of wild chills here, you know, they had the Hullock and Horny and guys like that, so, you know, Rhino, so. He's still up in the bar, isn't he? Yeah, no, I know, still I know, I think he's eating the bar, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so the thing, is, the thing is about Bruce was that um, I actually liked what he was trying to stand for. I didn't quite appreciate it at the time, but he was very mat meticulous in all his detail and things, and um, I was grateful for the opportunity to come down here. And, and as you said, we, well, we got to the playoffs uh, in the first year. Yeah. There were some really good players in that team, and um, I unfortunately never quite happened the following year. Yeah, replaced by Big Mick McCarthy. Was he like Big Mick? He's still in football, yeah. Big Mick. He's a great lad, Mick. Uh, I kind of struggled initially when Mick got it because I was pals with Mick. You know, he used to have a few pints and things. And then all of a sudden he became my boss. And at the age I was at, I was only a boy and um, I found it difficult. One of my mates telling us what to do. And um, it was a wee bit of a kind of rocky start for us. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I have to say, he handled it brilliantly. Uh, I'll never forget the time he said to me, I want you to play right midfield. I told him where to go, I'm going to a flying to yourself, right? <laughs> and, he, and he went, is that right? He said, well, no, you do then. Uh, you're on the bench. And I think for about seven games I was on the bench. Oh, really? Yeah, honestly. Uh, it was the only time I was ever out of the, out of the team at Millwall. And, uh, and he brought me back at right midfield. He said, do you want to play right midfield this weekend? I said, of course I do, because I was sitting in Mars for, for, I was sitting for, for weeks on end. Yeah. And I scored two goals. And it was a great lesson to me. It was like, listen, whenever you're asked to play, you play. And, and, and that's what I did. So uh, it was a good learning curve for me with Mick. Talking to your goals at the Den. Yeah. Uh, well, not just at the Den anyway. I remember a, a, an actual cup at Knox County. I never saw you score a tapping. So it's got some unbelievable goals for us. I remember scoring a goal up there against Charlton. Uh, Jamie Morale hit it across the goal and I managed to get a nick and it just kind of deflected it in. And he tried to steal the goal off us. Who, Morale? Yeah, that's slippery. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, the thing is, um, there's a good story behind the Den. Yeah, sorry, the, the hat trick at Notts County. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, and I think if you check the records, it was round about Christmas time. Right. And we went up there and we, we, we scored a hat trick. And we had a party in Uptown. Big Mick had organised it in a hotel. You liked a party, didn't you? Yeah, very much so. And uh, I dressed up as a bird. <laughs> and I had a, had a mini skirt on, red high heels, boob tube and all that on, right? And I've pitched up on the back of this hat trick. So we were a wee bit worse for wear, and there was a party just along in one of the estates we were invited to after that party. So it was about half past two in, uh, in the Sunday morning, and we were going past Thomas or Beckett. Yeah. And there was no right turn there. I don't know if it's still the same now. Anyway, I said to my missus, just go round. And the old billpilt was up, right? <laughs> so I, I get out of the car, and the, 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 the copper on the passenger side said to me, Can you get back in your car, madam? Because I had the wagon out on, right? <laughs> so. Anyway, I went, leave it out, geezer. You, you should have seen his face, because he thought I was a bird, right? And it turns out there were Millwall fans, and the two geezers were in tears, because they were praising me in the afternoon here, I was dressed up as a bird. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. It was uh, another man who liked to drink in our team, Thatcher. Talk to me about Thatcher. I've heard yeah. so many stories on Scratch. Yeah, ben, ben was a lovely lad. He used to, uh, he used to take me back. I didn't drive. Um, unfortunately, I lost my licence. And uh, he used to take me back to uh, Brands Hatch. And it was a place called Horton Kirby. Yeah, I know. And, Kirby, and he, used to, he used to drive from the top of the hill all the way down the hill, and he'd do a handbrake turn as he was going right, and he'd be doing like a three pirouette round. And then he, uh, he would take me home, but he was insane, the guy. He was off his seat, but he was a lovely. At that time, you'd Ben, 
Hullock, Rhino, Gavin Maguire, Fandon Howe. You know, it was just a team of uh, Andy Roberts, just guys that could, you know, fight for the cause. It was, yeah. just, it was a great place to play football. One player I want to ask you about, just for my own personal thing. E.T. at Ian yeah. what, what was he about? I can't find him anywhere, by the way. No, no, no he's, uh, he's probably the king, the king of Zamunda now, but um, <laughs> he was a great lad. He was um, he was a great guy, you know. He, we, we used to, we, we, we have a few nights out and uh, we'd phone him at two and three in the morning. Yeah. Just annoy him. But he, he was a good footballer, E.T. Very fit, fit guy and technically good. But I don't think anyone's ever heard of him. No, it's, it's like... Sort of you should start a campaign. Obscure players that only ever play for me, all like Christoph Kinnow was another one. I've got some, some great stories on him, a little yeah. bit after your time. What was it like a, on a Saturday, a typical Mick McCarthy? What was it like in the changing room? Who was where? Who, who no. was buzzy? Who was doing what? Well, do you know the good thing about Mick? Um, I, I, I watched Mick playing as a player, obviously, at Republic Island, and they were a bit direct. And uh, But when he, his teams were a lot, they're really passing team. It was a good uh, brand of football that he was playing. And uh, the one good thing about Mick is he was a. Uh, a purist, he wanted to play the game the right manner, but he also wanted it done properly. So that's the reason why he's been in management so long. I can't speak highly enough about Big yeah, Mick. He's been in there a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. So you come in under Rioch and then McCarthy came in and replaced him. You was also here at a transition between the old den and the new. Yeah. What was that like for you coming from, I mean, we left the old den when I was 13. Yeah. And it used to scare the shit out of me just going, yeah. even though I was a Mill fan. What, what was it like to transition the times around the club? What was it like? Making the switch yeah, over. Yeah, well, listen, see, see my first day coming down, I, I'd left Falkirk, it was a small club in Scotland, and uh, to be fair, the, the stadium in Brock, was called Brockville, it was, it was falling in bits, it was a disgrace. And then I, I came to Millwall and I thought, I may as well go back to Falkirk, but this place is a shithole. But, um, it, it and I, I thought, why am I, because I, I, I had visions of this big club that had just came out of the Division 1, yeah. which is effectively the top flight. And then I'm driving, I'm driving uh, into this place, I'm thinking, oh, I should have got this all wrong here. But um, I, grew, I grew to love it, it was so intimidating and I was talking about a guy up here, the, the, the head of security here used to be a guy called Ken Chapman, right. he worked for the chief superintendent Ken Chapman and he had his big stick and he had the hat and the, the brass and he, he, looked, he looked top man and he used to come in and warn all the players at the den and go, do not incite trouble, whatever you do, do not incite trouble and he come over and go, if you incite trouble we're arresting you to me. <laughs> <laughs> And every time I'd score a goal, I'd be going, get up, <laughs> to the opposition fans. And you know that man, every time I come back here, he, he's still here, I think he's still uh, part-time security, uh, part of the, the, yeah, yeah. the infrastructure. And uh, every time I see him, he gives me a lovely big cuddle. And, it, and that's going back nearly 27 years, that guy used to warn me every home game, don't cause trouble. I remember when you first come, so don't get nicked today, that's the first thing. Yeah. But you scored, I think it was five goals in your first five home games, wasn't it? When you Is first come right? to the old then. Yeah, but that was partly because of the drink we were getting in the gym palace down the old Ken Road. <laughs> 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 but, uh, no, but the thing is, it was, um, I got off to a really good start. And, and the thing is, as I said to you, we guys like Teddy, we had uh, Les Briley, Woods, uh, McCleary, Dowser, uh, you know, we Alan Dowser, Hornley, he was a really good team at the time with Jimmy Carter on the right, O'Callaghan, um, then with Teddy and Malcolm Allen, we had a really good team. So, you know, talking about the, the, the nights out in the booze, I don't want to push it too much, but oh, I did hear, for a good source, that you kept uh, Regal Sports in Nelton. In good, uh, used to go to every track before training, then you pick up a new pair of boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the, one of the things that, I, th I think it may have been Mick introduced, that you had to wash your own kit. So they gave you a couple of sets of kit at the start of the year, and sometimes they were there. Were so in the morning, you obviously didn't have your training kit with you, so you end up having to go in there and buy a new set of training kit, new boots, <laughs> just, to, just to pitch up at training. But um, oh, listen, they were a bit, 
You couldn't get away with that stuff now. You nah. couldn't go it. And, and listen, it's been a long time since I've I've, I've been on straight and narrow for 18 years now. Yeah, so yeah. thankfully, I've managed to kind of see the light and and appreciate the football for what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Another big time for me personally as well when you were at the cup, the cup run of '95. Yeah, yeah. Talk, right, talk yeah. us through that. We remember that the good times of that. I've interviewed. Who did we beat? Uh, we beat obviously Arsenal, didn't we? Chelsea, and then Chelsea on penalties. Yeah, Chelsea. Both, both yeah. went to replays. Both yeah. away from home. Yeah. Um, well, the Arsenal game was brilliant. Um, yeah, that was unbelievable because we came here. We did. We, we, I think we drew here, and then we went back over there, yeah, and then obviously Bear Day, and I think Young Kennedy came into the his own then, and that really catapulted him into the the public domain, and the very last kick of the ball. Ian Wright tried to turn blind, and I thought, oi, oi, I've got him here. And uh, I had a perception of Wright as a bit flash. Yeah, I thought, I'm, yeah, going, yeah. I'm going to have him in two here. And I turned him and I just nailed him. And he's got up and he's won to fight with us. And the referee's blowing the, the final whistle. We're exchanging a few pleasantries, and I'm telling you know, do one right. <laughs> and uh, I went to walk into the players' lounge afterwards, and just behind the door, right, he's trying to lay one on my chin, right? Is he really? Yeah, and it all kicked off. and all that, right? <laughs> <laughs> So I ended up telling them what to do with their uh, players' lounge. And this is a true story, about four or five years ago, Ian Wright, um, Cal Robinson, who was what name, Kay Dons, come up yeah, to me yeah. and he says to us, he says, I'm getting a new strike here, coach. And I said, all right, lovely, who's that? And he went, Ian Wright. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to rethink that. The last, <laughs> the last time I seen Wright, you were running, running all seven bells out each You should have gone, yeah, get him in and wait behind the door for him. Kind of. No, because for 20 years listen, ago. Can that? I just tell you something, by the way, I never meet a nicer guy in football. He's a Millwall supporter. You yeah, do, I know, yeah, I'm trying to get hold of him, actually. Yeah, he's a great lad. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Talking, we're at the den, obviously, for those who can't see, maybe on my camera. Talk us through some of your, your best times here, your best goals, things that stick out in your mind. Oh, listen, there's, there's been so many, and it's not really just one individual. Um, we just had some really good times here. You know, um, I loved it. I loved it when the full houses. You're talking about when Chelsea and Arsenal came here, and it's pretty much full. Um, the atmosphere is just special. I always said that I wish that Millwall would get back to the Premier League. Can you imagine this place? We all these these superstars. They we'd, just wouldn't cope. We'd settle for the Championship in a minute. Yeah, I understand that. But just can you imagine yeah. the actual? If you could get back up to that level of football, you would sell this out on a regular basis. And um, I just don't think the Premier League could cope with the Millwall. The Millwall why? machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you left the club eventually. Yeah. Went on to Sunderland. Yeah. Good dog for good dog. Was that a choice that you made yourself, or was that something that was, was sort of put upon you? But I, I see, if I'm honest, there was over the, the time that I was here, the six years, there was times that I wanted to leave because I wanted to try my, my, my time yeah, up of there. Of course, of course. And then um, they were selling guys like Ben, John Goodwin, Andy Roberts, Casey went. So there was loads of guys that were good, and I, and I just felt they'd become a selling club, and I wanted to go and try and earn a few quid, if I'm being honest. Yeah, of course, of course. So anyway. Um, and then I went to Sunderland, which was great, because I was telling the boy uh, earlier, earlier on that I moved to Sunderland, but in my mind I'm thinking I'm two and a half hours from Glasgow, I can go up and watch Rangers whenever I want. Yeah. So, but th th that worked out a brilliant move for us, um, because I, I kind of got my life style sorted up there. And uh, I moved, again, it was a transition from Roker to the Stadium of Light. Yeah. And from going from 18 <coughs> to 20,000, we were playing in front of 50,000, it was yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. It was a great time, we were top seven in the Premiership, it was good stuff. Talking, you touched on it, Casey Keller. What was he like as a character around the club? And Casey, Casey was a very quiet guy. He done went about his business, very professional. Uh, I think he was going to do a, a masters in business management or something. So he didn't quite fit into the madness that was going around about him. But I admire him for what he did, and yeah, uh, he was a model professional. Talking about the madness and nights out. What about you've got any any like changing room or training ground stories that stick out in your mind? 
Can you give us one victory oh, listen, one shit? Well, no, listen, listen I, I remember taking Teddy Sheringham up to an old firm game. Yeah. And we were up there and it was a, it, it was a European city of culture in Glasgow. So the nightclubs were shutting at six and seven in the morning, so it was a bit messy. And I took Sheringham up there and without getting into too much details, we went to, the Rangers won the cup final. And then we went back to the after party and in the days, when you missed your flight, there was none of this computer stuff, we'll just yeah. book another one, so yeah, it was yeah. a standby. And Big Teddy was first up, and he says, uh, we're looking for two flights to London. And <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, it's Bruce Rioch, so you didn't want to be late, you know what I mean? You, <laughs> yeah. you knew you were in for trouble. So anyway, Big Teddy's there now, yeah, and she went, I've only got one flight, and she went, Teddy, he went, Teddy Sheringham. So I'm sticking <laughs> I went, cheers, you're <laughs> So anyway, a long story short, I pitched up at half past 12 for training, and it was at Eltham and it was a little pavilion, as I'm walking around and I see all the players and they're sitting there in their training gear and none of them are sweating. I'm thinking, my God, there's something right here. So I was expecting to see them training. Yeah, yeah. And as I walked in, Mick McCarthy grabbed me by the throat. <laughs> and he went, I was at the effing game and I was here in time. And I went, oh, yeah, I know Mick, but your mob get fucked. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, unbelievable, mate. Thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, Appreciate no it. Nice one. Great Thanks a lot, mate. Thank you. Too. Joined today by a Millwall legend that you need to know for introduction, Tony Cascarino. Tony, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dan. You signed for Millwall in '87. Yeah. From Gillingham, you scored a lot of goals for Gillingham. Why did you decide for Millwall? You must have had a lot of interest. Um, I did. I spoke to Leeds and Ipswich at the same time. Um, then I come to meet John Doherty, uh, the den, the old den. He wouldn't let me out of the office. <laughs> Literally trapped me. Uh, give me a few vodka and orange juices as well. <laughs> um, talked about who he wanted to play along me alongside. He said, "Can't want to play you alongside the lad Sheringham, who was 22 at the time." And the previous season, I'd watched a lot of Millwall with my friends, so I was playing for Gillingham but watching Millwall and uh, liked the look of Telly. For something different, and I talked about the other signings that had come to the football club as well: Georgie Lawrence, Kevin O'Callaghan, Stevie Woods. Know, quite a number of players were mentioned, and um, I don't know why. You don't get a feeling that something special is going to happen, yeah, yeah, that something's yeah. going to develop. And um, lo and behold, I, I signed, and um, three, well, two and a half years, nearly three years, I was there. Yeah. Well, something special did happen. We um, so some of my earliest memories. My man first took me in '85, so I've grown up sort of eight years old, nine years old watching your era. How did that feel to be part of like, the most successful Millwall side <laughs> of all time? Because that's where you are. Well, it was, it's always strange for me going to Millwall because a lot of my friends were Millwall fans. I'd watched the 70s team in the Kitcheners, the Donaldson, Harry Cripps. I'd seen all them. I used to go and watch Millwall quite a lot because it was my local team. And my dad was from the Elephant Castle, so you know, it was literally on the doorstep. And um, it felt quite weird that I'd signed and I didn't play well initially in the opening probably four to six games and I didn't really hit the ground, ground running and it takes time to sell well he did but I, I didn't I think John Doherty didn't think I was fit enough no <laughs> he, he he really worked hard on me yeah. he trained me me Terry Earl and Brian Orr, bless us the three of us after training had finished he would call us together and go you three aren't going home yet you've got another 45 <laughs> minutes of running to be fair I think all of us benefited me especially because I was a good athlete when I was fit. I was like most big centre forwards. If you're slightly off your game physically, you can look a bit cumbersome, awkward, and yeah. uh, I benefit benefit from the extra training. Right, and then obviously we won the league, the second division. We went into 
what would now be the Premier League. Yeah. 1988, season, we finished 10th, they were good times. A massive part of that was um, your strike partnership with Teddy, shall Yes, we? yeah. It obviously works off on the pitch. Did it work off the pitch? You get on yeah, well? no, we get on, no, we get on really well. Got a lot of time for Ted. Uh, we had loads of conversations with him. I, we, you know, we played golf together, we played poker together, we talked football. I was around him when he was at Stevenage, you know, not in any working capacity, just yeah, yeah. seeing how he was doing it and, you know, seeing how focused he was trying to get the job right. Um, he isn't there now, but I don't believe it will be a long time before Ted's back in football. Yeah. I was surprised at how much he put in, I must be honest, because yeah. everyone knows that Ted's quite, likes life and likes yeah, yeah. to play golf and enjoy himself. And, he was so focused on management that it even took me back. So when you no, played, when you played together, was it? Did you make you do like try and get you together occasionally? Like the club try and get you to play, do stuff together as a couple um, almost. No, we. Ted was he was twenty two and I was twenty five, so I was the record fee. And when I first played my my, my debut for Millwall, I can remember playing the game and Teddy was ordering me around on the pitch, <laughs> and I'm thinking, Millwall just paid a record fee for me. Will you stop ordering me around? And we had a bit of a sort of ding-dong, but nothing, you know, just a few words yeah. exchanged. And I used to, I, I felt, maybe I should build a year around a bit, but I think Ted's a good talker. Yeah, he talks really well on yeah. the pitch. And um, we sort of chatted, and Ted would be one that, if I said something, he would give an answer back, and vice versa, and we was always, we always stayed close. Uh, I think it, it, we, we enjoyed playing together, and yeah. uh, we saw some rough times, we had some great times, and. To be fair, he established himself at Millwall, that's where he did. And the thing of when I left, Teddy had the best season <laughs> after I left, so maybe I was keeping him down. Well, maybe, maybe. Um, we've just got a clip here, I was going to show a quick clip. Obviously, not only was you part of the first ever Millwall team to play in the top flight, you also scored our first and second goals yes. against a club you like joined Aston Villa. Taken by O'Callaghan. Cascarino! Tony Cascarino has already put his trademark on the first division with 20 minutes gone. Oh, there's a mistake by a rather nervy Alan Evans. Sheringham finding doors. It's Cascarino again. He's scored again. This is incredible. Obviously, that was what a great side. You see, Dorsey there was a great little yeah. how, how was Docky as a manager? Did he have control of everyone? I want to know, I want to know everything I want to know about her. Like, <laughs> I want to know the lot. But start with the Doc. What was the Doc like? Was he a big authoritative Scotchman? Um, very loyal to people he liked and loved in his team. Um, obviously, Terry, Les Briley, Rhino, Teddy, myself, yeah. Woody, loads did of us. Think about that team now. He still gives me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Well, uh, Doc was very loyal to that team. Maybe a tad too loyal. Because it obviously, you now when you get success for a group, we all signed new contracts, we all got better deals, we all you know grew together in the in the top flight. That Villa game that we just saw, uh, you know, for me getting two goals in my Premier League debut or Division One as it was then, yeah. was a special day, an even special night because we all went out in the club in Swanley. On. Which is no deja vu. Deja vu. Deja vu. I got chucked out. You got thrown out. I got thrown out. Yeah, by the bouncers, threw me out. I was completely drunk. But wanted <laughs> <laughs> to fight everybody. Um, so that was a good night. We, but we we had a great bond between us. 
I, I still, we had a reunion, funny enough, not with everybody, but about nine or ten players, uh, uh, Sean Sparham, uh, Thomas, David Thomas, uh, Stevie Wood, myself, Orney, Teddy, uh, obviously others couldn't get there, but we just had a bit of a drink together, which was lovely. Yeah, no. So nice seeing. So it's football, you, you end up split apart from people. Acquaintances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we've we done a lot together, you know, I mean, one time we were top of the league, you know, I remember, Unbelievable. you know, being top of the league and that feeling. I was eight. <laughs> You're going to make me feel like that. Stop <laughs> mentioning your age. That makes me a thousand. <laughs> so, I mean, good sight, everything must come to an end, all good things. You eventually left the club for Aston Villa. Yeah. For a, a 1.1. Yeah. It was a lot of money then. It was, and it was a difficult one because I didn't ask to leave. Millwall said, we've accepted a bid for Aston Villa. And as a player, you know, you're you're always stereotyped, aren't you, as you've demanded, yeah, you've throwed your yeah, toys, yeah. You've, you're, you know, you're demanding to leave because the club's going down. The club was, you know, on the brink of Bob Pearson taking over. We were, well, we were going to go down and we were very close to, you know, uh, by the end of March. So I had a decision to make and I took a week over it, come back to the club and Graham Ortop, who was the secretary at the time, said, you've got to go. I had no choice. So when I played in front, I played against Millwall for Villa in a cup game. Get grief. And you know all the Millwall fans singing Judas. It was felt really strange because it was like you, you, you want to say to him, I didn't ask to leave. Them. I didn't ask to go. I just told them to go. So you know, and it was a club that I had a lot of affection for. So uh, could you give us, without stitching anyone, um, one dressing room story from the time of Millwall? <laughs> there was a number, Dan. To be fair, um, <laughs> I think the one that stuck, sticks out in my mind is when we played um, Wimbledon at the old Den. And they had a feisty team at that time. People like Vinnie Boise, John Fashion, who were in the team. Uh, and the, the first time I think Tenny gets sent off in the opening period, and it's just heated. And when I was doing we were doing corners and that, John Fashion, who was uh, telling me, "Come pick me up, big man. Come on, you know, just give try, it, give it a lot to me." <laughs> and I sort of didn't say too much, and I sort of battled away with him and carried on. It got to half time. We walked down the, the tunnel, which went sideways in them, them days. We didn't go straight down. In there, he comes up and he pinches me bum, John Fashion. And uh, I don't know more, just because I knew Terry Earlock was next to me, I, I stuck my nut on him. Well, it sort of got a bit skirmishy, and we sort of got into the dressing room. Terry Earlock was loving every minute of it, and he came up and he went, I can't believe you done that. And started kissing my hand. <laughs> you know, like the Godfather, I felt like Don Corleone. Was he as old as everyone made out tell? Earlock. Um, well, he could be if he lost it. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. He was a fiery bugger. He was, yeah, a fiery bugger, Teddy, if he, uh, Terry, if he lost it. But he was also very soft and sensitive. There was a side to Terry, very, very fun. Yeah. Witty guy, Terry. I loved his company. But if you saw his sort of half flick and change, you could see. Just, ever since then, he, he's always, every time I meet him, and I don't see Terry that often, unfortunately, but he always kisses my hands. It's like that moment, and I'm sort of said to tell I only done it because you were there. If you weren't there, I weren't here back in fact, he'd have killed me. <laughs> you know, so you know, but it was he was he was a great night to be around. Just Terry was always up, you know, whatever you talk about commitment and, and very underrated as a player. Yeah, well I think I think it's very, very decent. Our whole our whole team's underrated, I think. But moving on to the team of now, do you still get a chance to get down the den? Um, I did last year, and um, I was got a bit disillusioned under Ian Holloway. I didn't like formations. We all did. Um, just, I mean, I mean, uh, the lads, Sid, um, captain Nelson, Sid Nelson. Sid Nelson. Now, when he was made captain after three games as an eighteen-year-old, I didn't get that at all. I saw you play Bradford at home. He drew three-three, and Fuller scored two, and was left out in the replay. He got beat four-nil. It was just loads of things that I thought were wrong at the club, and. Uh, I did sort of make my feelings vocal to certain people at the club. Um, it fell on deaf ears, but eventually they did get rid of Ian and Neil Harris. Neil, well, I thought it was the right fit. I thought they had to have a connection. I thought yeah, Neil would lost so. their identity yeah. as a club, and you know, I I always wanted Teddy to have a that job. I thought it was the right job for Teddy at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And and it wasn't the right time that after Ian. And I think Neil was certainly that, you know. I think Neil's done a great job in organising them, setting them up, and found a partnership in Gregory yeah. and Morrison, you know. Steve Morrison I was very dubious about that period because I just felt he did a lot of money, had some good moves, and lost a little bit of hunger. Yeah, looks like he's rock out of his arse now. Yeah, he looks like he's found it, he's found himself again, and yeah. realising maybe because he knows his days is in the twilight of his career that he's got a, an opportunity, but it's worked. He's found a partnership, Neil, and that, that has certainly paid huge dividends this year. Do you think we can go up? I don't see a reason why because uh, why not, because the team has got better as the season has gone on. You know, very different start, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it's a real very inconsistent army, but we seem to have cracked that now. Yeah, and, and I don't think, when I've seen you at home, I've not, 
the style's been quite not Millwall sitting off slightly, yeah, letting yeah. the team have it in certain positions, and that's that. fitted. I would like to think that we can progress it and then start to play on the front foot and make it a bit more yeah. uh, where you're going to have to win games differently. Because teams do watch you, they do suss you out, yeah. they might not say, look, these will sit off you, so don't panic. You know, so you, I think there's things that Neil can move the team on with, and I think they're going to have to, but there's a there's a great chance of uh, Millwall not only get to the playoffs, but might even get automatic if they can keep what they're doing at the I'm a strong, I mean, it's always been like that. I'm a strong believer we're in a form side division, we can, yeah. we can do it. Finally, Tom, what do you want to tell the viewers what you're up to now? I know you do talk sport. Well, I do a bit of it. I mean, I work for the Times, um, I do the Irish Sun, I go to Ireland regularly to do many different functions. I uh, work for Betdack, a sports betting company. I, oh, I do so many different stuff like Sky Sports News, I sometimes talk sport, a bit of a you know, media guru. Guru, yeah, I'm mean, I mean, everywhere, but you, you know, you, you, I've always had a lot to, to say. Yeah. Uh, I always enjoyed doing media work. Uh, some days I regret I never went down the coaching road, but I think if the right door opened, it might have made an easier decision, but that never really happened. Stress free this one, this one, though, for you. Well, it is stress free, and I, 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 I always think you've got with a club, you've got to have an identity with a club most times. You know, yeah. I think that's what works for clubs like, especially like Millwall. And I think they they've gone away from that until really near, and that that has been the, the ultimate difference for me from where they were in the last few years, where they are now. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for your time, Tom. Really Cheers, appreciate Dan. it. Thanks Cheers a lot, mate. with Neil Razor Ruddock. Razor, thanks so much for joining us. Nice. Top man, appreciate it. Right, let's get cracking. Um, got some great stories, we've had a little chat already. Let's start at the very beginning. You are a Mill fan, yes. can you just cleared out because a few people on you are about you may be West Ham, you may be this. No one can you see that, no one likes us. It's there, I can... Uh... That's me tattooed. I've always, uh, I grew up in uh, Bondsworth, uh, both my big brothers were Millwall, so I was told I was Millwall. Yeah. Well, I live close to Chelsea, you know what I mean? Like yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah. I thought, why couldn't I be a Chelsea fan and go and watch matches? And, win games and trophies and that pack. We're shit, right? But it's our shit. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. one else's shit. We love it being shit. It'd so, be horrible being good, because... Nothing to fucking moan about. That's right, that's you? right. We, you know, it makes... But the thing was, my brother's going, it's like Mills. You've got a happy week all week, you're all happy, and it's nice to be mad for a couple of hours a week. That's why Millwall fans, it's nice. A little bit of anger. Yeah, um, anger out, yeah. So you ended up signing for the club? You yeah. Come was, through the, um, you come through the youth system? Yeah, I was, um, oh, I was, I used to watch them like, I, I, my first memory is like Barry Kitchener, people like that. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like the Cusacks and uh, John Mitchell was a striker, he was my favourite years ago. And then I come through youth ranks and played sort of, I started playing reserve team for 15. I mean, the first uh, reserve game, Millwall's away at Spurs, and I was still at school and I played against Archibald and Crooks. There's a rumour circulating that whilst at Millwall, yeah. as a youth team player, you got collared, caused a bit of havoc at Luton. I've been asked to ask that. Yeah, I was on the pitch at Luton kicking off <laughs> with the boys. I think I was a first year apprentice at Luton. It was 84 or 5, something 85, like that. Yeah. yeah, so I was on the pitch trying to kick off, then the old Bill brought the dogs on. So we all shit ourselves. <laughs> I remember running, trying to run away from a police dog, and I was on the back of the South London press. It just went hooligans. It was me in the back of the South London press. Millwall player. Millwall player, youth oh player, and uh, George Graham's here, and he made me clean the terraces at the old den for two weeks sweeping. 
really. So that was me. That was me punishment. You got on well with me. We've done all right, and then you ended up. See, we check things out on Wikipedia and your research. It don't always come back as the truth. So what I saw, you left in 1988. You went to Tottenham just as you come into the first team. What was the story around that? His name's um, transfer deadline day. Fashion inside for Wimbledon. George Graham called me in and he said, we've got to sell you. Um, they need the money. I had an hour to decide whether to sign for Norwich or Tottenham. Right. It took me about 10 seconds. Yeah, you fucking got moved then, have you? I've got to move then. I didn't have to move out of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, one minute I'm, I'm in the reserves at uh, Millwall, and the next minute I'm trading model and model. So it was Ardenas, Clements, people like that. So it was just like, astonishing sort of 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. And I remember it was £120 at Millwall, and I got £360 at Spurs, and a brand new XR2. And, what, I, couldn't even, and I couldn't even drive. I think I have a brand new XR2 a week. No, <laughs> the money was. Yeah, got 360 brand new XL2, and it was a white one with go fast red stripe. Down is that it. the one you got in? A, no, no, you ain't got it. <laughs> so you went to Spurs, you yeah. knocked around eight, then you come back. Back yeah. to you. Is that? Is it always a bit nice when you come back? You know, you shouldn't have fucking sold me. I'm, I'm back now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, people get that. Yeah, players get that. Yeah, because they, they just come up. They just come up into the like, Premier League. Is now the first division. They just got promoted. So. You know, it was, it was good times when the place was buzzing, but it just fell out with John Docky. Go on. Um, can, you, can you say? Three, yeah, of course I can. There's, there's a there, lot of rumours. There, there is a lot of rumours. Uh, well, the, I the won't ask is, you. I'll, I'll see. I'll the truth on. is, we was on pre-season uh, friendly. We went to Walsall. And me and another player sneaked out. I won't name him. <laughs> Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> um, and we went on the piss to come and I got caught. He didn't get caught. And then Doc made me life hell and, I, and then, I, then I just sort of left. Oh, really? Because you scored? I was, I was looking at research, you know, I mean, I remember you scored, you scored, you scored, scored two in the home game against uh, Forest, I remember no, that. No, no, I equalised against Forest, yeah, equalised score against Edward against Forest. You scored a sliding, sliding goal in a midweek game, then a couple of Yeah, against Gillingham. Well, no, that was so it. what's the rumours about me getting? Well, I don't want to disrespect any other players, oh, but yeah, no. the rumour the rumour circulating, hang on, pass it by, you might want to hear this, mate, keep moving. No, no, you want to hear this. <laughs> the rumour circulating around the club at the time, and one still now, Some one of my mates spoke to me yesterday, is that you was, um, he was having a bit with Cascarino's wife and you had a terror over it. <laughs> well, that's the rumour. I was shaking Cascarino's wife. You, you've just quashed Well, leave that. it at that then. Leave it at that. That's, that's probably a wall. It's not true, but we'll leave it at that. That sounds better than going out with Teddy Sheringham, doesn't it? <laughs> now, uh, look, again, a lot of fat. See, I know Razor, and he, he'll talk about anything. He don't give a fuck. And that's why I, I know that's, you're a top boat. You'll do it. A lot of Mill fans, oh, why did he sign for West Ham? Why did he sign for Palace? You've told me your theory. Um, I was spying. I was like 007 there. Um, it, I fucked up. I fucked up at West Ham because we got to Europe twice. Yeah, yeah. So I fucked up for everyone there. We was too good. And then I went to Palace. But I nearly took him down. <laughs> Stayed up by one point. I tried my hardest, lads, and we nearly took him down. No, it's the time. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's a job. Um, I, I was at Liverpool. That time was right to me move on. West Ham come in for me. You know, and money's good. You've got to look after your, you've got to look after your family. And, Mate, I, I understand it. You know, Millwall Tattoo, I used to wear long sleeves at West Ham, so I had a Millwall Tattoo, so. But they all knew, they all West Ham knew, knew us Millwall fans, and they used to think it was quite funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, you know, I've always, I've never, wherever I've gone, I'm, even when I was West Ham, I'm telling everyone I was Millwall, so. You know, I walk in there, they got that big box, they got all their, all their nuts has got a big box at the end of West Ham, and every match I'd walk in after the game, no one likes us, no one likes us. No one likes us, we don't care. We are the go. Sit down, you fat. <laughs> we're trying to watch the scores. <laughs> we'll have to get that one bleached. Um, <laughs> right, now, I mean, it's a mere wall 
channel. It's, it's very Millwall based, but yeah. from my own selfishness now, me growing up as a kid, I want to know about your time at Liverpool. I want to know yeah. about the Spice Boys, the suits in the cup final, being around characters like David James, Robbie uh, Fowler. When I first went there, we, you know, we had like Grobbler, Rush, Mulby, Weed and Nickel, people like that. Then we had sort of like the, then the Red Nets come through, Fowlers, Copley oh, now, Maggoteers, Gals, Dixies, David James. And, and then like, Michael come, Mike Lowen come through, then we got Gerard come, Gerard was with Boot Boy. Carrigan, yeah. What's he like, Gerard? Yeah, little mouthy little fucker. Yeah, I've heard that. He still is. He still is. He wants, he, when he has a beer, he still wants to have a tear up. So Does I have to give him a slap round here. Slap round here. I'll just keep him in order. Keep him in order, yeah, definitely. Um, but they're lovely, lovely. They, 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 you know, the people, they're not flash at all. They're nice, nice boys, typical. Redknapp, was he like Jamie Redknapp? Jamie, yeah. Yeah, he can. I just well, started sharing a room with Jamie Redknapp. It was like the best room part of the world because he used to pull the darlings and I used to fuck her fat friends. <laughs> I just hope the birds weren't saying that about us too. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. This is brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's fucking you know what, true. When I mentioned it, Redna, I thought that's the way, I thought he's not going to say it. He's not going to say it and he'd say it. So if you need a wingman, obviously Jamie yeah, Redna's. Yeah, Jamie Redna's best to Fowler, didn't, uh, didn't I had a room as well, you got on really well with Fowler. And you do pranks on each other, and one day he went too far. Did he cut your shoes up and your chin? Did no, you? no, he shitted me Reebok Classics <laughs> when I was asleep on an airplane. And I woke up with Ardon because I was diving. Because don't even it's me, right? But at altitude, when I'm diving a piss, I wake up with Ardon, right? And is it me or is, it, is everyone like that? So yeah. I woke up with Ardon, so I put my foot in my Reebok Classic, 39 quid by the way, they were. You know the ankle ones, the proper yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, no fucking proper ones. Strap round, so I put my foot in with no socks on, and it was shit in there. I mean, fucking. I was fuming. Have you ever tried my shit off your foot in an airplane toilet? So what happened then? So I didn't know it was, so I pulled Robbie Jones, because I go right back England at the last door. So I pulled him because I knew he would be a grass, so I threatened to hit him and he said, it was Robbie, it was Robbie, it was Robbie. <laughs> so I couldn't catch him on the plane because I had one foot full of shit. So <laughs> I finally got the students to get me some baby wipes. And then that sounded like the airplane toilet. <laughs> That's not, that's not sound effects, that's someone washing their feet in the cold <laughs> See, this is live, son, live. This is what you get So I, I waited until wait Robbie got, uh, we got into arrivals and just knocked him out. Well, one punch out cold. One punch, it was sort of a right cross. Oh, one I like of them, it. From the shoulder. Don't hit from the, hit from the shoulder. Hit from the bob, yeah? Sorry, I got fangy, man. <laughs> Still <laughs> keep me fitness up, as you can tell. <laughs> Right, where are we? I'm fucking absolutely oh, flummoxed. Oh, the characters, characters. Characters. Characters in the Liverpool dressing room. Well, the thickest, the thickest one is, is McAteer because uh, ja Jason McAteer. Jason McAteer. Well, we signed him from, from Bolton, right? Yeah. And his nickname in the Bolton dressing room was Trigger. He was thick as fuck. But Robbie Jones is called Trigger in the Liverpool dressing room as well. So right. when we signed McAteer, we couldn't have two Triggers in the dressing room. So when McAteer signed, we called him Dave. <laughs> <laughs> After Rodney. How thick was he? Very thick. We was out one night, was in uh, Lily Bordello, was in Dublin on the piss. And I've, I've spotted Jimmy White. I said, Jimmy White, he comes from like, South London, Wandsworth, Dave yeah, Batsy, but like, he comes from, I've never met him, always in my ear. I went, so where did Jimmy White? So Jimmy White walks in and Matt is here, went, Jimmy! Jimmy! Jimmy, come here, son, come. When he started walking towards us, Matt here, went, 180! <laughs> Still ain't met Jimmy fucking White. <laughs> Another time, right? He locked him. I'm on a roll now. He locked himself. He locked himself out. He's bullshit, right? So we try and get it. It, 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 it started it. Put the ease on, get the frost off, right? So we're standing there. All about five minutes. We try and get in it. It locked itself on the keys. It was running. Right? So 
As we're trying to get in, like we're in Liverpool, like we had our trackies on hoods up, look like two scallywags trying, trying to get balls. Yeah, so his police cars bigged it. Wait, wait, what are you doing? So he gets out, we tell him, McAteer, Razor, and all his bollocks. So police woman, okay, Mr. McAteer. So go inside. So get yourself a coat hanger. We're trying to open the coat hanger. McAteer went in, he come back out of a fucking wooded one. <laughs> Another time we're in Ibiza, <laughs> we, had this, uh, we had this big fuck off video in Ibiza all the Liverpool lads about 16. So we're there about two days, boring, no birds and I think so. We said, right, we, we are a minibus in the morning, pick us up, go down the beach, half hour away, get loads of birds, bring it back, have a party, pool party, all that ski dipping. So, gets up in the morning, gets in the minibus, we can't in, there's only like 15, no, no Dave. We're Dave. <laughs> Where's Dave? Dave! Oh, I'm a low moment. Dave. He comes out with his big fuck off bag of ice, right? So he says, we doing that? He says, ah, you think I'm stupid? He says, bag of ice, when we get to the beach, get all the wine, champagne, we have loads of ice, keep it nice and cold. I said, you fucking tit. I said, the beach is half hour away, I'd be melted. He went, oh yeah, I'm going to get another one. <laughs> now, if I'd have said it, it'd have been funny, because it'd have been clever. He yeah, said yeah, it, and he was like, and as we said to him, yeah, 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 I knew that, yeah, I was joking. Well, like one, would, one would melt within half hour, give yeah. you another bit of time, yeah, 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 yeah. and Right, <laughs> it's a great story. But it was there. great times. I mean, I mean that's a massive. Like me all, me all, my favourite football club. Uh, Liverpool's the, the, you know, the best football club everywhere I go. People say you play at Liverpool. Yeah, of course. You know, it's where you make your name. Ever, everyone wants to beat in Liverpool. Been all around the world, Liverpool. You know, there's no Champions League then. No, no. I come second twice, third twice, fourth twice. But the UEFA Cup was proper. They used to play. Did you play in that free all game? At Man United, scored the equaliser against did, United, yeah. yeah, that's 20 years ago, but yeah, you go for cuts, but you play against the Milans and people like that, and PSGs. And Best player you've ever played against? Cantona, oh, Bergkamp and Zola. In that order? In just, that order. Just joint free. But I played against Galachi, Van Basten. Oh, God, oh, really? Van Basten, yeah? Yeah, but, um, Ronaldinho. Unbelievable. Pop, pop, Jean-Pierre Papin. Jean-Pierre Papin. Papin. You won't remember Jean-Pierre Papin. I do remember Jean-Pierre Papin. Yeah, I like it. Um, Rui, Rui Costa nutmegged me twice, right, in 10 seconds. <laughs> I went to do him, Fiorentina away, you over cup. I've got to smash him, he sort of put it through my legs with his right foot. And then he went, Ole! <laughs> so I turned around the other do it again, he put it through my legs and left foot. Ole! It was like at the bench, hamstring, hamstring. <laughs> Get me fucking out of here, Sarvis. You told me just before we started filming about what we'll get on to now, Millwall, yep. uh, and the now and now we're going to do next year and our Aris yeah. is doing. But tell us well, what we'll story start... you've got on Aris. Well, Chopper, as I call him, not Bomber, I'll call him Why Chopper. Why has he got a Chopper? No, Chopper Aris, he used to play at Chelsea or something. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, when he was about 17, Cambridge City used to play when he came to Liverpool on trial. Yeah. With the lad who used to play with Swansea, it was a good little player, fucking Swansea and Lee, someone. Anyway, Chopper's a bit goal scorer. But they, uh, they didn't sign him, but I took him under my wing and, so, you know, he came Aris, to stay at my ass. Harris was on trial at Liverpool and he came yeah. to stay with Razor. And, he, and I took him under my wing that, and he's never forgotten, and I hope he never forgets it. I hope he don't get a sack because I don't get any free tickets he gets a sack. So stop getting on his back, because mm. if he gets a sack, I'll have to pay and watch Millwall. And you ain't doing that. <laughs> I ain't doing well, that. But, uh, I, I hope they do well. It's nice seeing you. Mate, thanks Good so much. Good luck to Millwall. Good luck to all there. the fans. Neil Razor, what a man. The MA Infrastructure sponsored Lions Lounge next Tuesday. Terry Erlock. What about, go on. Before that fag, just a quick one on Erlock. Terry Erlock. What? Terry Erlock is one of the best players. Terry had a little chip. A little dinky chip. Everyone yeah. thought he'd just smash a bit and run around like a fucking bulldog. 
Ask him about his little wonderful. Razor said you got David Lander for little chip. Little chip, lovely, beautiful. He had the best well. little chip I've ever seen in the game. Just one last thing as well. Remember before you uh, done the thing for me? Please subscribe to Lions TV. Moo. Moo. Give us a big give him. Give us a Moo. TV, welcome to the den on the channel's three-year anniversary. It was three years ago to the very day that I stood on this spot after we beat Oldham 3-0 in League One. Since that day, I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews and videos, but today, obviously, is a very different interview. You don't look much different. The man standing next to me, over seven years at the den, old and new, over 200 appearances for the club, the overlapping left-back legend, Ian Dawes. Dawes. I don't know about a legend, but... Mate, thanks so much for your time. So, You're welcome. Thank you. Before... Mill, well, we'll get into that, but you was at Queen's Park Rangers. I was, yeah, I left uh, straight from school. Straight from school, straight into football? School, straight into football. You had a great career, but I, I just said I was looking at your Wikipedia page earlier. It may not be correct. But it said after you had a very similar career at QPR as you did to Mirwall. Similar amount of appearances, similar amount of years. But it says they got rid of you because they got rid of the plastic pitch, but you're saying no way. Well, I just... I just think the, the new manager obviously wanted to play someone else, although I did play... I did play quite a lot of the games, to be fair, because Mark Dennis came in, he was either injured, suspended, so I played probably majority of the games, but I was sort of the sort of person I wanted to play all the time. Yeah. And uh, You said to me now you'd struggle with like, the squad rotations these days. Oh, God, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, oh, you're not playing today because we're going to rest you. It's like, you know, it's like you ain't played for a week, you know, or <laughs> yeah, just yeah. five days. It's yeah, I just think it's too much, you know, resting and all that. It's a load of rubbish, personally, but... Maybe that's why I, I can't walk and they can, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> well, listen, QPR's loss was very much our game. You come to the den, a great career at the den. You signed by, obviously, the doc? Yeah, the doc signed me. It was quite quite weird, because when I, when I was at QPR, it was it was Tommy Doherty, who was manager at QPR, and then obviously came to Mill, John John Doherty, so a little coincidence there, sort of thing. So, what yeah. was he like, the doc? I've, I've, I've interviewed Cascarino, I've interviewed, interviewed Herlock. I've heard like some some random stories. Cascarino said that the gaffer locked him in his office, wouldn't let him out until he signed. Playing him with booze. I think he was. Yeah, I think they were old, definitely old school. Uh, Doc Doc was definitely old school. I think um, they were a good duo because he had like Frank with him as well, and uh, we've got a couple of horses uh, coming towards us. We might have to move a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut him with some photos. Hang on. <laughs> But yeah, it was. Uh, no, they're going left there. Oh, that's right. But yeah, no, they were they were they were good combination together. Um, and and yeah, it was a case of completely different to it is now. You know, they they, they wouldn't be able to do that now. Yeah. Um, was it like the old then? What was it like to, to sign? Did you have any options other than Millwall? Was Millwall the only club in? I went to Coventry before that. Oh, they you? wanted to sign me before, about two weeks before I came to Millwall. Um, I just, I'm born and bred like Croydon, so, yeah, yeah. you know. I ain't got to move out. It was like, fucking, where, where the fuck, where are we, you know, Coventry, <laughs> where's this? And it was like, nah, I'm not I'm not going there. So, so I sort of, in the end, it was sort of like, I'll go back to QBR, knuckle down, try and get back in the side more often. Uh, and then I think what, what it was, I think with the Mill thing, it was like coming to the end of, like, like their season, first season in that in the league, yeah, yeah. and uh, I think they'd had a bad pre-season, so they had a a game in in the den, 
behind closed doors, and it was the the, the game Nicky Coleman done his done his leg, right. and obviously I was playing, and I knew Frank from previous years, and uh, we were just having a, like a laugh basically, yeah. me and Frank, and I didn't think anything of it, and obviously didn't think anything of like Nicky's injury. I thought it was just he got injured. It'd be all right after a while, but then next day it was oh, we were interested in you signing for them. So seven years later, that's how it started. So. And actually, you was you was one of the only players to ever play in a top flight for us. I was. You yeah. played a year in eighty nine, ninety. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, wasn't that the year we went down? So it says it all. You had a good season. I had a good season. I scored four goals that year. So <laughs> maybe that's why we went down because I was up the wrong end. Yeah, no one, else, no one else was scoring. What was the, um, the dressing room and that? The players, the characters, Herlock, to be, Cass. To be honest, I'm, I remember my very first training session, and uh, it was good, good, good training session. But I remember like Terry Herlock had the ball, and I was trying to get the ball off him. And I, you know, like when you, you give people a whack and everything like that, I was just. I was just coming off him, you know. I couldn't. He was like, he was just like solid. I was just. Oh, he, he, he was. He was. Uh, to be fair, he was. He had the, had this sort of. He was a hard man and everything like that. But he was a good player as yeah, well. Yeah, he was a good player. A lot of people of interviews said that he was. He was a good player. But that was the the, the thing. I think mean, we because obviously the first year we when we played in top flight. You know, we had we had some we had some good bloody good players. Yeah. You know, and they've the, them players have gone on and played at top. You know, big clubs like Teddy yeah. Cascarino. You know, Jimmy Carter. Still here, Jimmy. Exactly, but I mean, but he went on. You know, you're talking Liverpool and places like that. There was some we had some good players, and we played well to the system we played. But then, as you say, the, the following year we we started to struggle. But we never then adapted to that. We didn't change, and I think we had the players that we could have changed. That sounds like a familiar story. That was the only thing. Yeah. So, so in that aspect, you know, because obviously I coming from QPR, we were a football inside, yeah. whereas it was a different type of football. You know, we played both ways, and it was good. You know, um, but I think we did need to then try and change, try and change the that following year, just a tad. You know, just a. You know, because they, they, you know, good, good players get used to what the way you, the way you do things, and then you have to adapt and try and do something different. But, yeah. but unfortunately, we just didn't do it, quick, yeah. or we didn't do it quick enough. No, and then you, you it, stuck at, well, you stuck at the club. Well, you saw the transition between yeah. the new den and the old. For those who won't remember the old den, tell us a little bit about it. Oh, it was great. The old den was. I mean, to be fair, everyone knew where they were at the, the old den, didn't they? You know, people knew where they were standing, and I think. The first season with the new den, it was like people would go to the ground and they were like, "Where are we? What do we do? Where do we go?" And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a bit like that. But yeah, the old the old den. I remember playing there against Millwall uh, for QPR actually in a cup, and uh, yeah, it was quite intimidating. Yeah. I must admit, it's intimidating. I used to find it intimidating. I would say when when your team was was around, it was I was sort of your grandson's age, about eight nine years old, and I used to be intimidated yeah. being a home fan. So no, I remember like coming out the tunnel. And they were all leaning. Everyone was leaning over the, the, the over the tunnel bit, shout, shouting nice things to you and all that. <laughs> so uh, nice, it made you want to sign for well, it. That's it. And I never thought, well, I'll be here. So I'll be here soon. So, but, <laughs> but to be fair with the fans, um, if if you know, you could be having a stinker game, as long as you are trying your heart out, uh, they, they'll stick by you. You know, and I, and I just felt that was. You know, because there were games where you, you know, you could be the best player in the world, and you're still going to have a bad game. 
Oh, uh, no, of course, you've hit no one yet. That's absolutely the, the Millwall way and the man- mentality of the fans. It's still the same now. Yeah. You, you work your bollocks off, then then they'll love you for it. And say like over 200 appearances. You say you score five goals for a Millwall? I did, yeah. You I see, did four of them were in one season. What one sticks out best for you? Um, I think the Charlton game. When we were we were it was two, we were two one down, I think it was about four minutes to go, something like that, three four minutes to go, and it came out, and I think it was David Thompson. I think the ball came out, and he clipped it back in, and I just made this this run and got behind, and it like just clipped it over the the keeper, and then two nice. all. So yeah, that one. Nice. And I think the other one was. Um, I think it was, although I must say it was David Speedy went in goal, I think, and he oh, was only tiny. I saw someone comment on this yeah, the other yeah, day on Twitter. And it was a free kick, and I smacked it in the top corner. But So, being that he was so small, probably couldn't get it anyway. But <laughs> Well, I say, I remember you being, I thought, I say, my nine-year-old memory's a little bit a little bit blurred. I, I thought you was a right-back. Was you a right-footed left-back? Yeah, I was really, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I had that all my life. Whereas, because at QPR... We had Warren Neal, it was predominantly right footed and wanted to play right back and I thought, well, all right, I'll play left back then. So I can use my left foot and so I did and I just ended up playing there basically. Um, Jobs are good. Yeah, but the, the, the nice thing was you, you sort of like players I played with, like Mickey Flanagan was at QPR in front of me and he went to Crystal Palace and I remember going to Crystal Palace for a Millwall game actually. And he came out, well, we were warming up, and he went, look, Dorsey, we've had a like a chat and that, and they said, oh, what foot is he? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, Mick, I said, we've played for years together. I said, you must know what, what foot I am. He went, no, I don't. What are you? I went, we'll find out. <laughs> and that was it. So so in a way, it was sort of nice that people just thought I, I was left, left-footed. But, no, you, was, uh, you, was, you was a great player. So I'd looked on your Wikipedia page, and not everything on there is correct, because the pictures of some Paul Val player were blonde there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, at least he's got hair, though. This is good. So. <laughs> but a lot of people said, you know, you, uh, you know, Kenny Sampson was a great fullback for England, but you'd never got a call for England. But a lot of people believe you was that good. Well, um, I, I think diff- I differ. I differ. Uh, Kenny Sampson was quality. He was he was a great, great, great player. Um, I went with the under twenty ones twice. Nice. Um, I think because I wasn't left footed, I think they all thought I was. And then when I turned up. And started coming in on my right foot, and they were like, "Oh, okay, it's not left-footed." So I think I never really got the chance with the under 21s basically because I wasn't left-footed. Um, but yeah, it's one of them things, you know. It yeah, you, had a, you had a fantastic uh, career, I, and it's like you say you never had to move out of Croydon for it either, probably. Uh, that's it. That was that was a nice thing. Yeah, no, it must be though. No, must oh, some players have to go here, there, yeah. where you've gone, boom, yeah. boom, two yeah. clubs. But that's it. I mean, to be honest. I, I, I would have, you know, no, no disrespect to me all, and I, I would have stayed at QPR if they'd wanted me. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was a loyal sort of person, you know, and, and, and the same thing with the Millwall thing now. Now I've got my two kids that are around. Well, it's, fa- it's thanks, yeah, to, thanks yeah. to your daughter, West Andy, today, because she's a Millwall fan, watches the channel. They're both Millwall nuts. Um, she works for Millwall. Here's your boys coming in. There's my son. Certainly. I, I think he's my son. Uncle David, James, love ya. But he's about six foot, so I don't know whether he is mine, really. But. <laughs> right, Lions TV, he's a legend. <laughs> no, he's a legend here, mate. Ian Dawes, legend. legend. <laughs> but yeah, so no, they're, they're Millwall nutters. Yeah, I've clocked that one already. <laughs> so obviously, the transition, moving on to now, your family being here today at the den, the transition between the old, which is just over there, and yeah. the new. What was that like for you? Was it exciting times around the club? Was there, was there a level of expectancy that we were going to go on to bigger and better things? To be fair, we should have. I mean, we, we got in the playoffs twice 
and um, both both times we, we we as players expected to go up because we were playing fantastic football and, and realistically we probably should have gone up automatically both yeah. years but we just missed well, we out third, didn't we like miles we did. clear a derby yeah. and then yeah, we, had, we won't we, talk about that game but, but then the, the, the playoffs we just I don't know we've, I wouldn't say we froze but we just didn't play or didn't perform in, it, in any of the games as well as we had done that was you know and, that, and I would say that was probably the most disappointing part of it in the, yeah. in the playoffs you know the rest of the season we were great Eventually, you left. Did you leave the club through injury? Was I, it? Yeah, I had to retire through uh, bad knee, basically. So, so my last, I think my last game was uh, Chelsea in the cup, cup yeah, final. Yeah. Uh, no, we we oh, yeah we went to uh, penalties. We, we, yeah, went to penalties there, after a nil nil. Yeah, yeah. So well, well, not a bad game to end it on. I know, but unfortunately, it was the, the next game was QPR. Yeah, that's what. That we lost one nil, and I was in my head when I was warming up uh, Chelsea. And I was like, you know, like when you side foot the ball and it's like no. the pain and I'm thinking, oh, God, what am I doing? You know, should I be out of here? But I did, you know, I did OK in the game. Um, but then, unfortunately, the, the knee swelled up again. And um, and I was thinking, oh, if I can, if I, this, this was Tuesday we played and the game Saturday at QPR. And I think I've got to really try my hardest and, and to finish off. And I think, well, if that could be the last game, QPR, Millwall be fantastic you know and then, then retire from there but well mate, it wasn't to be good way to end it and not only are you a Millwall legend you've bred Millwall's full supporters so thanks so much for joining us right, cheers welcome. mate good man thank, thank you. you cheers mate thanks thank 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 you cheers mate thanks Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.